to another episode of the Bible Podcast. Today we're going to be reading chapters 19 through 21 in the book of Joshua. And before we begin, I wanted to start out with a quick prayer for each and every one of you. Eternal God, you are worthy to be praised because you are able to bless others abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that they need, they will abound in every good work. I thank you in advance for blessing all of us and your children and uplifting them. For in doing so, their time on earth has become more endurable. I thank you for being gracious to your people by allowing them to experience joy in you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. All right, so first we're going to start out with chapter 19, and I'm not, I'm not going to really go over chapter 19 because all it does is it, it lists the lands that were given to um, uh, Simeon, Zebulun, Asher, Issachar, Naphtali, Dan, and Joshua. Uh, so I'm going to just briefly summarize chapter 19 uh, because there's just a lot of listing of cities that um, we can't really track nowadays. Uh, so in verses 1 through 16, we see that carved out from the southern sector of the boundaries of Judah which previously had received more land than it required. The inheritance of the tribe of Simeon formed the the southern border of the Promised Land. Although several cities were transferred from Judah to Simeon, none of those cities were taken away from Caleb and his family. By contrast, Zebulun's inheritance was in the northern region of the Promised Land a region that one day would be the site of the hometown of the Messiah. There must have been tremendous temptation to compare each tribe's inheritance rather than to see each allotment as ordained by God. True faith frees us to accept God's provision as perfectly planned for us, whether it seems great or small. Neither Asher nor Naphtali in this uh, chapter were successful in driving out their enemies. Failing to clear the land of all the nations dwelling in the promised land proved costly for the Israelite people. Rather than converting to God, those whom they failed to destroy, the people of Israel were drawn away from the God to serve the idols of those heathen nations. Those nations, in turn, would become like thorns in Israel's side. It is essential that we, too, drive out the negative influences in our lives so that we and those who come after us will be better able to follow God. 
And finally, in verses 49 through 50, here we see that Joshua was permitted to select the city for his inheritance. He could have chosen any city in the promised land, but he chose to live within the territory of Ephraim, the tribe from which he had come. Joshua remembered his roots and honored them with his decision. We lose our way when we forget where we've come from. Although our family heritage is not perfect, we can celebrate what is good about it and honor God in doing so. So on to chapter 20, the cities of refuge. The Lord said to Joshua, Now tell the Israelites to designate the cities of refuge as I instructed Moses. Anyone who kills another person accidentally and unintentionally can run to one of those one of these cities. There will be places of refuge from relatives seeking revenge for the person who was killed. Upon reaching one of these cities, the one who caused the death will appear before the elders at the city gate and present his case. They must allow him to enter the city and give him a place to live among them. If the relatives of the victim come to avenge the killing, the leaders must not release the slayer to them, for he killed the other person unintentionally and without previous hostility. But the slayer must stay in that city and be tried by the local assembly which will render a judgment, and he must continue to live in the city until the death of the high priest who was in office at the time of the high priest, uh, who, who was in office at the time of the accident. After that, he is free to return to his home, own home in the town from which he fled. The following cities were designated as cities of refuge, Kadesh of Galilee and the hill of country of Naphtali, Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, and Kareth Araba in the hill country of Judah. On the east side of the Jordan River, across from Jericho, the following cities were designated Bazir in the wilderness plain of the tribe of Reuben, Ramoth in Gilead in the territory of the tribe of Gad, and Golan in Bashan in the land of the tribe of Manasseh. These cities were set apart for all the Israelites, as well as the foreigners living among them. Anyone who accidentally killed another person could take refuge in one of these cities. In this way, they could escape being killed in revenge prior to standing trial before the local assembly. Chapter 21 The Towns Given to the Levites then the leaders of the tribe of Levi came to consult with Eleazar, the priest, Joshua son of Nun, and the leaders of the other tribes in Israel. They came to them at Shalah in the land of Canaan and said, The Lord commanded Moses to give us towns to live in and pasture lands for our livestock. So by the command of the Lord, the people of Israel gave the Levites the following towns and pasture lands out of their own grants of land. The descendants of Aaron, who were members of the Kohathite clan within the tribe of Levi, were allotted 13 towns that were originally assigned to the tribes of Judah, Simeon, and Benjamin. The other families of the Kohathite clan were allotted 10 towns from the tribe of Ephraim, Dan, and half-tribe of Manasseh. 
The clan of Gershon was allotted 13 towns from the tribes of Issachar, Asher, Naphtali, and half-tribe of Manasseh in Bashan. The clan of Merari was allotted 12 towns from the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Zebulun. So the Israelites obeyed the Lord's command to Moses and assigned these towns and pasture lands to the Levites by casting sacred lots. The Israelites gave the following towns from the tribes of Judah and Simeon to the descendants of Aaron, who were members of the Kohathite clan within the tribe of Levi. Since the sacred lot fell to them first, Kiriath Arba in the hill country of Judah, along with its surrounding pasture lands, but the open fields beyond the town and the surrounding villages were given to Caleb, son of Jephune, as his possession. The following towns with their pasture lands were given to the descendants of Aaron, the priests, Hebron, Libna, Jatir, Eshtoma, Holon, Debir, Ain, Jatah, and Beth Shemesh, nine towns from these two tribes. From the tribe of Benjamin, the priests were given the following towns with their pasture land, Gibeon, Geba, Anathoth, and Almon, four towns. So in all, 13 towns with the pasture lands were given to the priests and the descendants of Aaron. So here it goes on to list the towns that were, giving, that were given to um, each tribe and each person. Um, the total number of towns and pasture lands within Israelite territory given to the Levites came to 48. Every one of these towns had pasture lands surrounding it. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors, and they took possession of it and settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had solemnly promised their ancestors. None of their enemies could stand against them, for the Lord helped them conquer all their enemies. Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. So here in chapter 21, in uh, verses 1 through 8, we see that the Levites patiently waited for the other tribes to receive their inheritance before reminding Eleazar and Joshua of God's command that is that as their inheritance the Levites were to receive from the tribes of Israel towns in which to live Israel in obedience to God's command fulfilled its responsibility to God and to the tribe of Levi Acting responsibly toward others brings honor not only to them and ourselves, but to God as well. Moving forward in verses 43 to 45, we see that God accomplished for the people of Israel all that he said he would do. The Israelites, for their part, had marched into and taken the land of their, for their possession. So God gave them rest from their enemies. Furthermore, whenever the people served God faithfully and were obedient to his commands, he conquered even the most powerful of their enemies. Israel's problems arose only when they committed acts of sin against God or failed to act courageously in faith. Today, 
each of us faces the same challenge to remain faithful. The Israelites are profound examples of the need to continue to seek God and surrender to Him. So today we continue looking at the land allotments for the tribes. They've been waiting 40 years for this. They've been fighting for this quite literally. These assignments are where they'll build their lives and raise their families. And for the Israelites, this isn't a temporary placement. This land is marked out to be the home of their tribe forever, provided they keep up their end of the covenant they made with God. Since many of the ways these places are referred to in scripture mean nothing to us, I'll offer a short description of each place we see today. Imagine you're one of the seven tribes who hasn't gotten their land yet, and you're waiting to find out where your family will live. Simeon gets assigned land in the middle of Judah's plot, a desert in the south. Zebulun gets a tiny plot in the north. It's the smallest plot besides Benjamin's, but it's a lush green area with lots of plants and flowers. If you look at a map, you may notice that Zebulun gets the city of Bethlehem, but that's a different Bethlehem from the one where Jesus was born. There are two Bethlehems in the Promised Land, and he was born in the one just outside Jerusalem. Issachar also gets a small, fertile area near the Sea of Galilee and the Jordan River. Asher gets the Mediterranean coastline to the north, some of which belong, belongs to the Lebanon of today. Naphtali gets the mountainous north, including a mountain range that reaches over 9,000 feet high. You can ski there if you visit Israel in the winter. The people from the tribe of Dan get a gorgeous coastline area near a major port city called Joppa, which is adjacent to modern-day Tel Aviv. But Dan loses this land uh, later, and they relocate to a part of Natali's plot in the north. The plot of land where they eventually relocate to is a gorgeous nature preserve today, covered with trees and rivers and wildlife. Both of the places where Dan lives are prime locations, but they're kind of a terrible tribe, as we'll see later. Since Joshua was one of the two spies who believed God 45 years earlier, he gets to choose where he wants to live. Like a gentleman, he lets everyone else get their land first. He chooses a hilly area in Ephraim's land just north of Jerusalem, in a somewhat isolated area. He knows his years are drawing to a close, so he chooses a good spot for quiet and solitude. The topographic diversity of this little nation is shocking. 
It may only be the size of New Jersey, but it covers a wide range of climates and altitudes, from snow-capped Mount Hermon to the lowest spot on Earth, the Dead Sea, which is 1,400 feet below sea level. Land allotment determines nearly everything about the lives of the Israelites. Their climate and scenery, the food available to them, their job opportunities, and how far they have to travel to get to the tabernacle in Jerusalem. Their future capital. Life for a Simeonite in the southern desert would be the opposite of life for a Benjamite who lives in a city in the mountains of Jerusalem. Or for a Nephthalite who wakes up to flowers and palm trees along the Sea of Galilee. Or for a Manasite who watches the sunset over the Mediterranean Sea every night. After the land is distributed, it's time to set up the cities of refuge, the areas where a manslayer can live without fear of retribution. Cities of refuge are less like prisons and more like safe houses. But the manslayer isn't allowed to leave until the high priest dies. God intentionally spreads the cities of refuge throughout the tribe so that a manslayer will have a good chance of reaching one of them before someone tries to retaliate. God thinks of everything. The Levites are also distributed among the tribes, kind of like local pastors. God shows us so much of his character in accomplishing all that is all this for the Israelites. Not just generosity and faithfulness, but strength, power, and persistent love. Forgiveness and grace and mercy. God ushered them into the promised land despite themselves. He has given them everything they need, but most important of all is himself because he's where the joy is. All right. I just want to leave you all off with a daily devotional to take with you today. Bring me your weakness and receive my peace. Accept yourself and your circumstances just as they are, remembering that I am sovereign over everything. Do not wear yourself out with analyzing and planning. Instead, let thankfulness and trust be your guides through this day. They will keep you close to me as you live in the radiance of my presence. My peace shines upon you. You will cease to notice how weak or strong you feel because you will be focusing on me. The best way to get through this day is step by step with me. Continue this intimate journey, trusting that the path you are following is headed for heaven. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode. I hope you all have a great day. And God bless each and every one of you.